Let's say hello to Gabe Eichert. You know him well on this show as he is now doing radio on ESPNU Radio and Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM. Also, he is now doing the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast, recently started with Dusty Dvorak. Teddy Lehman joining us here on the show. And before we get to Gabe, as always, guys, leave us that rating, review, subscribe. Helps us out tremendously. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do it. Uh, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Be sure to do it there. Uh, Gabe, first off, no sports going on, man. I hope you guys are doing well down there in Oklahoma. How are you passing the time, though? That's what I want to know. What is Gabe Eichert passing the time with without sports? I got uh, I got a Peloton. Really? Yeah, we, uh, we cracked we cracked, and the wife ordered a Peloton, so I've been uh, riding the Mount Everest on that thing, right? Uh, so <laughs> I passed some time that way. I've been walking my dogs an absurd amount, making sure you know they stay in good shape, so they'll live nice, healthy, long lives. A lot of Netflix. Uh, my wife finally caught up on Ozark, so we're finally burning through season three right now. We watched both seasons of Succession on HBO. And then, of course, like everyone else that's a sports fan, I've just been in a deep dive into the last dance on Sunday night. Oh, those have been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Gabe, take me through uh, the ideas that are being talked about for a potential college football season in 2020. Uh, Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 commissioner, said that he could see like a half a year in the in the fall, a half a season in the spring. You've obviously played football there at OU, so you know this better than I do. But the idea, first off, guys uh, splitting up the season, meaning you have to train for half a year, settle down, and then train again. And also, if you're going to the NFL, why would you play in the second half of the season during the spring semester? It just doesn't seem feasible to me. But what am I missing? What are you seeing in that idea? Well, I think, Commissioner Bowlesley, he's just trying to make the best of an unprecedented situation, right? Uh, and I think it's smart to explore all options, to have all the contingency plans that you can possibly have, because frankly, we don't know what's going to happen with football season. And I, I think Commissioner Bowlesby's thought process is, hey, if we can start on time and then maybe there's a second wave of the coronavirus, like it's being discussed by medical professionals. We may have to shut things down and then we'll make the best of it because we'll just resume whenever people feel comfortable, you know, gathering in large groups and whether they feel comfortable with the student athletes being back on campus, stuff like that. So I think it's just his way of trying to make the best of it. But I, I truly believe Football season is going to happen in some form or fashion, mm -hmm. whether it's, hey, things go perfectly uh, and we play a full season in the fall like normal, or maybe it gets pushed to the spring, or maybe you split it up. I don't know, but I know one thing. Football season has to happen because of the economic impact it has on colleges and universities, the economic impact it has on college towns, mm -hmm. the economic impact it has on those people, there is thousands upon thousands of jobs on the line and thousands of businesses on the line that are directly connected to college football season taking place. So I think Commissioner Bolsby, he realizes 
the economic impact college football has, and they're going to explore any way they can make it happen and play the maximum number of games as possible. Makes total sense to me. He's Gabe Iker joining us. Even, Gabe, you think about, you know, when a big-time college football program loses one game, one of its home games, to a neutral site, one of the reasons I can't stand the neutral site games, I mean, that's the bottom line of these mom-and-pop restaurants, bars, businesses in those towns. You lose all six home game weekends. I mean, forget it. You're right. Some of these uh, college towns, it's going to be game over for a lot of those businesses. Yeah. Uh, I, I really hope it doesn't come to that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if college football season doesn't happen, I think we'll have a lot more to worry about You're right. in this country. You're right. But w- when you look at it, you mentioned the guys that would, you know, the top prospects for the NFL draft when you look at the 2021 NFL draft. There's no way those guys are sticking around to play those spring games if there was a split season. I mean – no one would expect them to. So then you run into some complicated situations, which are kind of intriguing to me. So you lose those players, right? They're going to get ready for the NFL combine. They're going to get ready for pro days. I mean, they want to make money and go as high as they can go in the NFL draft. And the number one thing when it comes to that is you got to be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you don't want to get injured, especially if you put good things on tape in the fall portion of the season in this hypothetical split season scenario. So you lose those guys. So you lose a lot of the top talent. Now, would the freshmen that come in early, that are early enrollees, would they be eligible to play in the spring season? Would these, would some of these five-star recruits, would they be able to say, hey, okay, yeah, you got, you know, we're, we're going to do another training camp. You can play. That would That would bring an interesting wrinkle for me because you'd be losing the top talent because they're getting ready for the NFL draft, but maybe some of that top talent you're bringing in would be able to get on the field. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Being joined by uh, Gabe Iker doing radio for ESPNU radio and big 12 radio on Sirius XM. Also the podcast, the Oklahoma breakdown joining us. Uh, Gabe, let's talk about your former team, the Sooners. Uh, this is the first time that we're going to see Lincoln Riley with a quarterback that he recruited out of high school and most likely Spencer Rattler. And, you know, still probably going to have a great offense. But how does this process change now from dealing with a guy like a Baker Mayfield, a Kyler Murray, a Jalen Hurts, to now having your own self-tutored guy in a Spencer Rattler? What does the process look like, and how is it different dealing with somebody like that versus the transfer coming in? Yeah, certainly different. Uh, Certainly a lot different than the Jalen Hurts situation. You know, a guy coming from the grad transfer market, you know he's only going to be there one year. Let's not forget, Baker and Kyler had several several seasons in the system. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were your normal grad transfer situation. Kyler transferred and sat for a couple years behind Baker. Baker transferred, had to sit out because that transfer rule was still in place. So it is different, but I don't think Lincoln Riley is as worried as some people might think he is because these guys, they know the system. Tanner Mordecai, who his coaching staff is much higher on than people think. And Spencer Rattler, who just spent a redshirt year. You know, he played some meaningless snaps for the Sooners last year, but just spent a redshirt year in the system. Now, it would have been a lot better if you would have had spring ball so you would have been able to watch Mordecai and Rattler compete against each other. 
chart all those reps, you know, that you, you know how that entire system works when it comes to quarterback competitions, but Lincoln Riley still has these guys competing. He does. I know their, their team doing zoom calls, just like the rest of the country is. And he makes those guys compete with quarterback quizzes. I mean, they grade them. It's pretty interesting. So it is, it's not an ideal situation. Now, I think when you're talking about what they're doing right now, they're looking at some more big picture concepts in football. I think when quarterbacks get so laser focused on learning their system and that's it, sometimes they lose sight of the bigger picture of the entire field. You know, they get a little too laser focused. So Lincoln Riley is using this time to teach Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler more about football, more about defense, more about coverage structure. He's expanding their knowledge, maybe knowledge they wouldn't have had if the coronavirus stuff wouldn't have taken place. So everyone has ranted and raved about Spencer Rattler's physical ability, and I've seen it firsthand. The kid, he can make all the throws. But I think this, this period, if you're looking for any silver lining, Spencer Rattler has been able to develop mentally throughout all this one. Maybe he wouldn't have had to do that because he would have just been on the field in spring ball slinging it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Gabe Eichert is joining us here. Uh, Gabe, I mean, it seems like assuming we get to a season, and, and I'm always going to be optimistic about this and talk about it as if we're going to have a season Uh, OU is going to be a preseason favorite to win the conference again, as they probably should be, even with the new quarterback working in. Uh, Whether you choose Texas or Oklahoma State or maybe somebody else as the team most likely to challenge them, which direction would you go? I'd probably go with Texas uh, simply because I probably trust Sam Ellinger as a senior quarterback coming back, especially with some of the weapons they're going to have offensively. Uh, I trust him a little more than I trust Spencer Sanders. And I know that Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace are going to co- are coming back. And Tylen Wallace, he's really on track with the knee. We were able to talk to him on the Sirius show uh, a couple weeks ago. Seems like everything's on track with that ACL rehab. So they're going to have some serious talent. But uh, I just trust Texas more. I think they have better players. I think they have more talented players with the way that they have recruited. And I think Tom Herman's ultra-motivated. I really do. I know there's been a lot of buzz um, from Stillwater about that team making some serious noise this next season, but I I just don't trust them defensively. They lost some some really productive players off that defense, even though they do have several starters back. It's going to be really interesting, but I I just – I trust Texas more, and it, it feels weird saying that because I think they just have a more talented roster. Mm-hmm. How much pressure do you think there is, Gabe? I mean, talk about Tom Herman. He blows out both his coordinators. Uh, you know, he has a letdown season after getting to the Big 12 title game two years ago. How much pressure should realistically be on Tom Herman going into this season? A ton. Uh, I'm not sure if he's coaching for his job, but it's close, right? Mm-hmm. If it's close. Now, if this season goes bad, yeah, I think he'll be out of a job. I mean, the University of Texas, they don't tend to put up with mediocrity for very long. So I think when you send your buddies who are your coordinators away, guys that you've been working with for a long time, I mean, that's that's an act of desperation, right? And that, that's where Tom Herman's at as the head coach of Texas. 
So I'm not quite sure it's make or break or if he's coaching for his job, but if they don't get the double-digit wins, uh, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of heat on old Tom Herman. As uh, as there should be. He is Gabe Eicher joining us here on the show. So, uh, Gabe, as you look at this conference, Matt Rule is gone. Baylor, you know, projected to take a step back, especially with all the close games they won last year. Uh, you look at this conference top to bottom. I was looking at some win totals, and, like, everybody was between, I want to say, five and nine outside of OU at nine and a half and KU at three and a half. Do you think that this Big 12 is shaping up just from the early, early looks of it all to be another kind of uh, grinded out, close game type of season where a couple of plays here and there can be the difference between seven and five and nine and three? Yeah, uh, I really do. I think you're starting to see a lot more parity in the conference, and I think it's directly connected to the talent of the head coaches in the Big 12. I mean, top to bottom, on when you're just looking at these 10 teams, the Big 12 may have the best coaches in the country. I mean, you, you've got long-tenured guys like Mike Gundy and Gary Patterson, and now you just infuse the conference with a new coach like Dave Aranda there in Waco. Uh, I mean, Matt Campbell. So uh, Matt Wells, I'm a huge fan of. You, you've got a ton of coaching talent in this conference, and we haven't even mentioned Lincoln Riley, right? So I, I think those guys are recruiting at a higher level. Now it's got to get better, right? We all saw mm-hmm. the numbers from the NFL draft. The Big 12, not anywhere close to the top of the Power Five, right? The SEC, clearly a stranglehold on things when it comes to talented players. But the Big 12, they they actually had the fewest draft picks of any Power Five conference. Now, when you average it over the teams, they had the fourth fewest. So they have to keep getting talented players, more talented players, and then developing them. I I think these coaches – are getting better and better in this conference when it comes to the development standpoint of things, but you've got to bring in the talent. Mm-hmm. Stars matter. Anyone that says they don't, they don't pay enough attention to how the NFL draft goes. So I think this could be another year where it is just an absolute slugfest in conference play. Now you would anticipate Oklahoma, they've won the five, five Big 12 championships in a row, and they're on the throne until someone knocks them off, right? That, mm-hmm. You're going to expect them to get to 10 wins, no problem. But, I mean, do we really think that TCU is going to struggle again? That Gary Patterson isn't going to get that program corrected? We thought it would be a bounce back year last year. It wasn't. Will this year be that? Will Max Duggan develop they want the, the way they want him to at the quarterback position? Matt Campbell went into last year with high expectations mm-hmm. at Iowa State, and frankly disappointed a little bit. Yeah. How do they bounce back? I think I'm on board with you, Pete. I think Baylor probably takes a step back with all the players they lost on both sides of football, not to mention losing their head coach and a lot of staff members to go with it. I would anticipate Oklahoma State being in the mix. Um, I, I think if they, especially if they can get better on defense, that offense is going to score. My gunny offense is have always put up points. He just plugs players in. They score. They're productive. My concern for them is on the defensive side of the football. And then I expect a team like West Virginia to make a jump. Let's not forget how just ruthless their schedule was last year in Neil Brown's first year. 
he seems like a guy that's going to have a big year too. He's going to be able to develop some of those players. They had a really young football team last year. I don't have much faith in Kansas, not going to lie. But Kansas State, I think Chris Kleiman's going to continue to build. Matt Wells, I'm not going to doubt that guy. I'm a huge fan. I think he's going to continue to improve that program. So, yeah, I'm fully anticipating these teams beating each other up next year, Pete. I'm with you. He is uh, Gabe Eichert, and hopefully we're talking in a few weeks, and his season is looking more and more likely. Catch him on Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM, ESPNU Radio, and also the new podcast, The Oklahoma Breakdown. Gabe, it's always great to have you on. Get your thoughts, man. Be well. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. And for anyone, you can find the Oklahoma Breakdown on all the major podcast platforms. We also have a YouTube page, which is pretty fun. We got Super Bowl champ Blake Bell coming on Friday's episode. And then Monday's episode, uh, six-time Pro Bowler Gerald McCoy. Really? Nice. uh, Will join us. Very nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'll be subscribing. I'll be leaving you guys a good rating and review. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Is that, what am I supposed to tell people? Subscribe, subscribe, rate, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review. Five stars, right? Five stars. Five stars. That's what you want. I'm new to this, man. I'm new to this. Well, you're going to get the hang of it, Gabe. I'm looking forward to the podcast, man. And we look forward to talking again soon. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Pete. He's Gabe Eichert. Always great to have him on. Appreciate his time. And if you can, take a moment out to leave us a rating, review, or subscribe. Um, And we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie, by the way, if you do that. Uh, Rating, review, send me a screenshot of them to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we will get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon.